Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. When you think about church, how do you imagine it looking like? What do you actually believe about church and the body of Christ? Have you ever thought about how you've reached those conclusions? Is it because of what you were taught or maybe your own prior experiences? Or is it founded on what you see in the Word of God? In this week's episode, Pastor Francis Chan challenges the church to not settle for an unsatisfying imitation of the real thing, but rather to pursue unity in Christ's vision for His bride. This message was from the We Are Church gathering at the Fox Theater on October 17th. You know, as a kids, uh, ages two to seven, if you want to follow, right over here, just go out uh, this door, or yeah, I guess either one. And as the kids are walking out, just just be in prayer for them. Pray for the two-year-olds, the seven-year-olds, everything in between there. Just believe that something crazy could happen in another room. You know, it's not like he has to wait till we're eight or 12 or 50. Um, I just loved watching the body of Christ. Um, oh, I, I didn't mention you. We are in the 70s, 60, 70. Okay, good, good. I forgot, usually uh, we don't have those here. Um, it's awesome uh, just seeing, I don't know, you know, we didn't plan that, obviously, but God did of just setting people free, and I love seeing people of different ages, uh, you know, seeing uh, grandmas like Lisa praying over, you know, 20-somethings and just the body of Christ in that way, but I was just thinking as I saw the group up here, at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of broken people praying for broken people um, and spirit-filled people praying for spirit-filled people, and it's just, that's the way the body of Christ was supposed to be. I just loved it, and I believe something happened during that time. And that, that's not a formality. It's not just an emotional thing we do. We do it because we believe there's power to heal, and we need more of that in the church. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited because really this is our last week. We, did, we were saying we're going to do three weeks together in, in the Fox Theater, and then we're going to go to homes. And I'm excited about going to the homes because it's... This, this, this week is very important because I don't want anyone to look at this Sunday and go, okay, that was the third week of communion, so that was the climax, okay? We spent three weeks talking about the Lord's Supper and how we need to be more sacred about it and how we need to be more expectant at it. And this week we're going to talk about how we need to be even more unified around it. And, and you go, okay, we hit it. We hit those, those three things. I remember those times when we were in the Fox Theater and we, were, we just felt like we were in the presence of God. Okay, that's not the way I want you to think of this. Because what happens is a lot of times the bigger things we look up to, like, wow, that was it. When in reality, I really believe it's the next three weeks that are most important. Because we're supposed to grow in sacredness towards communion. We're supposed to grow in our expectation and grow in unity. And there's no, it's just a better opportunity in the home. 
where I don't know your lives. It's impossible for me to know everyone's life and lifestyle in this room. But in a home, in a smaller gathering, the opportunity for unity to really know each other because there's a blessing at the table when there is unity at the table. And so we are trying to do our best with a couple hundred people in a room to be unified. And sometimes it's almost easier because it can be a fake unity because we don't really know each other. So I don't know you well enough for you to bug me. You know, you just show up to a place and sing a few songs with me and it feels united. But in a home, in a family, when we know each other and we know each other's faults and weaknesses and we choose to fight to be one and then we come to the table together, I believe there's a blessing on that. The Bible says in Psalm 133, it says how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. But my favorite part of that psalm now is at the end in verse 3, it says, For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Like it's good on our end, like, wow, it's so good to be united when the brothers dwell together, united. But then it closes that psalm saying, because that's where the Lord commands his blessing. If you are united as brothers, you see it all throughout the scripture. It's when the believers were of one mind and one soul that you see this tremendous blessing. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to break bread with you today, but I'm more excited about the way you will be breaking bread in homes over the next few weeks. Because it's going to be out of a heart of love and a fighting for unity, and that's where God commands his blessing. I want to share a big word with you, okay? I, I've never done this um, in a message. I don't like to use big words. I don't know that many big words, if I'm honest. Um, but I know this one. And it has six syllables. And I was thinking, I don't think I've ever used a six-syllable word um, in a sermon or in my life, maybe. Um, but I felt like it was important. And it's not, to, it's not to show off my knowledge to prove that I'm not dumb. Um, I'm really sharing this word out of love. I thought, we need to understand this word. Epistemology. Epistemology. You guys probably came here today going, Francis is going to use a big word today, like epistemology. Um, it's really the theory of knowledge. It's, it's like, in, 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 sh in short, it's like, how do you know what you believe is true? Why do you believe what you believe? Okay, it's, 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 it's just this theory of knowledge. How, it was one of the first lessons I learned in seminary, and I, I remembered that one. It's like, wow, I never thought about that. I never thought about why I believe, why I'm, 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 I'm sure of what I believe right now. Like, how did you believe that? Why do you believe that? See, like we come here today and all of us have different beliefs about the Lord's table. Might be, some might be closer than others, but we have different. And my question is, why do you believe that? 
Whatever you believe about the Lord's Supper, why do you believe it? How did you come to that conclusion? Was it because you studied? Was it because you went in your room or in your office and you studied the Lord's Supper? So then that means you believe that the best way to come to truth is by yourself studying in your office. Is it because you felt this was true? You thought, I think this is true of communion, so therefore this is what I believe. So maybe you are a person like a lot of people in the world today who believe whatever they think. I'm telling you, that's very dangerous. Maybe some of you, you hold on to a person and their teaching. It may be a pastor and go, well, this pastor that I respect says this, so that's what I believe. Others say, well, my mom, who's the godliest woman I know, she taught me this, so that's what I believe. And so now your belief system is based upon someone else and what they taught you. It's important stuff. We all bet on someone. Maybe some of you go, you know what? I don't believe that the best way to truth is me in isolation studying by myself. I look at the elders of the church. I go, well, Francis seems like a, a godly man, and he doesn't make his decisions by himself. Then I look at Kevin Shedden, and I look at his life, and I go, man, there is no servant like Kevin Shedden, and what he does and stays in the background and supports and so much gifting. Then you go, wow. And then there's Kevin Kim. He's an elder, and, and he's, he's, he's brilliant, and now he's even praying more, so, like, watch out. You know, it's just like, whoa. I, and I've heard him teach so powerful. You know, and then they got Ryan, and Ryan, Ryan probably is the most intelligent of the elders, not to embarrass you, but that's just my guess if I had to bet. Um, but the way he seeks after the person of God, and it's just like the desire of his heart, like, I must know God. I have to know him. That's the desire of my heart. Then you add that to Sean Brakey, who I've been watching his life for, for years now, and the sacrifice. It's, it's, just, it's just not, I mean, everything he owns is in his cargo pants right now. Like, he has nothing. Like, everything is for the kingdom. Like, everything. I don't hold anything back. And then we all love Rob Zabala. You just go, now there is a man of God that we just follow and listen to is clearly the spirit has just fallen on him. And so, so together, we get together in a room, we pray through something. You go, you know what? If all those guys get together in a room and pray for something, I'll bet on that over my own opinion. And then there's others who say, you know what? That's great. Those elders are amazing. But what about the believers back in Jesus' day? What did they believe? I mean, they were so close. 
You know, because some people will say, well, okay, well, that's one group of elders in one denomination, but there's so many denominations, everything else. So they go, well, I want to get back to when the church was unified. And so a lot of people go, well, what was written when the church was one? Because that's the way it used to be. And, 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 and so, so that's why many of us value like the Nicene Creed when, when, when all the church leaders came together and said, no, we believe in God the Father. We believe in Christ the Son. We believe in the Holy... We as the leaders of the church all agree on these things. I, I share this all to, to explain to you the way I think and the way I'm working and the way I'm trying to teach is not, oh, Francis came up with this, so he threw this out at us. No, but, but I try to submit myself to the elders, and I go, gosh, you guys, I don't want to study the Lord's Supper by myself. Will you guys help me out on this? Because I could, I could lose it somewhere. So let's study the Word of God together. Let's study the Word of God together. And then when we have thoughts, I go, well, it's, it's not just our circle. What did those early believers believe? Let's look at church history back when the church was one. What did they all agree upon? And, and so, so then it's like, okay, now, Francis, with the elders, study the scriptures and study what those believers, those early believers, what they do. Look at church history. What were they saying? Because if I come up with something that is completely different from the elders, I got to look at myself and really question my epistemology, do I believe then that my conclusions by myself will be better than the collective elders? And if the elders come up with some belief system that is different from all of the early church fathers, you got to go, okay, we might be off because I'm going to bet on those guys because as, as godly as our elders are, I look at the way those early church fathers lived their lives and were martyred for the faith. I go, yeah, I'm going to bet on them over Ryan. You know, I'll bet on th th this group over you, and I'll bet on them over us. But when I'm in agreement with the elders, and the elders are in agreement with the early church fathers, and it's all in agreement with the Word of God, you go, okay, that's what I believe then. And I say that because many of you are growing up in a generation that is very individualistic where whatever your opinion is, you come in with it. And it doesn't matter if it disagrees with me and all the elders in agreement. You go, no, my understanding of epistemology is whatever I think is true. And I'm just telling you, biblically, that's a dangerous place to be. Isolation could kill you. That's what I see in Scripture. Your individual thinking like you are the only one who's got it right. I'm saying this out of love. It's going to lead to a miserable life. It's going to lead to a lonely, miserable, arrogant life versus the grace that comes with humility and versus the power that comes with unity because that's where God commands his blessing. Life forevermore. And so think through, you guys. You guys, I'm not saying this 
so that you'll just blindly follow. That's exactly what I'm telling you not to do. I'm just saying don't blindly follow yourself, okay? Don't just blindly follow your own thoughts and opinions. Don't blindly follow the popular culture where if Steph Curry and Taylor Swift agree on something, then you will too. I mean, that's just the way a lot of people think. This is, well, this is the pop culture. And I'm going, you got to bet on someone. I would bet on the word of God, the early church fathers through the elders. That's my epistemology. And so if we agree on something, I'm going to bet on it. But I'm not going to bet on me because I've thought a lot of things and I've been wrong. I share that because, again, the Lord's Supper, it's interesting. Um, when we read all the early church fathers, they really believed in some sort of special presence of Christ. That when they blessed this bread and this cup, there was some sort of special presence of Christ which is similar to what I was reading last week from 1 Corinthians about how it's a participation in the body and blood of the Lord. I don't understand that. I don't understand that word fellowship. It's like, wow, how does that, how does that work? I don't know. It's a mystery. But that's exactly what Paul says we're, we're called to guard. He goes, consider us servants and stewards of the mysteries of God. That's a mystery. Don't ask me how God could be three in one. Don't ask me how God Almighty, the creator, could become flesh and be implanted in the womb of a virgin. That's above my pay grade. Okay? That's just over me. I just go, it's a mystery. I don't know how Almighty God could take the form of a fetus. I don't know. I don't, I don't get that. I don't get how all that power can be in the womb of a woman, and yet he's still creator God. I, I, I don't get it. It's a mystery. I honor it. I don't, I don't know how everything transforms, and I don't know what he meant when he says, this is my body. I go, no, but your body, I can see your body. No, this is my body, broken for you. Is it just a symbol? Is there a, it's just a mystery. But I, I see the early church fathers, they were in agreement that, gosh, that there's, there's a real presence. This isn't just a, a formality we go through. And it wasn't until like 500 years ago. And some of you guys go, well, well I'm, a, I'm a reformer. I believe in the Reformation. I believe in that time. And so I believe in their belief in it. And then I go, okay, well, what is their belief in it? Because Luther had a different view from Calvin who had a different view from Zwingli, and then on and on and on and on, and now we have thousands of views that are supposedly somewhat reformed. Everything from, gosh, something, some real presence to, no, nothing at all, it's just a symbol. All I know was for hundreds of years, and I'm asking the elders and anyone else, like, show me differently, but it that the table was always at the center. It was front and center. It wasn't until 500 years ago that one guy for the first time moves the table aside and puts a pulpit there, Ulrich Zwingli. 
And I'm not judging him. I'm just saying he was the first one to do it. And then slowly you had all these thousands of pulpits everywhere. And then everyone betting on their pulpit and their pastor. And I'm just saying, uh, I don't want to bet on me anymore. Look, I used to bet on me because I just thought, I, I, I don't know what your walk with the Lord is. And sometimes I think I know someone like, like Ryan could be a total liar. I don't know. I mean, we try to do our best in picking elders, but at the end of the day, I, he could be lying to me, but I know me. So I'm just going to bet on me. So I'm not, I'm not judging anyone that came in with that type of thinking that I'm going to bet on my own opinion. I'm saying I, I struggled with it. That's what I did. There were times where I go, everyone is off. I'm going to change the world, you know. And, and I think there's something in that. And you see that biblically in certain situations. And, and there are times when we have to stand alone. I'm not saying that we never have to stand alone. There will be those times. But what is God's desire, especially at the table, is somehow when the brothers dwell together in unity, God is going to command a blessing on that time. And I've been seeing it more and more and more, and I'm excited about it. And so these next few weeks, I am, I am praying that God does something where in our mindset, we always think bigger is better. And of course, it's great to have thousands of people worshiping the Lord together. Of course, I'd rather have more people worshiping God than not. Um, I'm just saying there's a way that we can flip things where we actually get more excited about gathering with a group of believers that may not be the most talented, intelligent, or whatever else, but they're devoted and they want unity and they want to love one another like that early church and come together and break bread. And I go, oh, what could happen with a totally unified group praying and coming to the Lord's table as one? I go, that could be incredible. And what if that starts happening in homes all throughout the Bay Area? And suddenly there's a power and God commands his blessing on those gatherings. And then it just spreads and spreads. Could we possibly change the way people see church in one generation? And I really believe it starts at the table. So where is my bag? There was a bag. Why would you steal my bag? Okay, it's okay, it's okay. Um, so, as a lot of you guys know, I travel a lot and speak at different places. And I remember when I first started speaking, I'd go to places in the U.S. where I'm literally the only Chinese person in the city. And I have to explain to them what I am. Why y'all so brown? And I'm just like, hey, okay, here, <laughs> I am a Chinese. Uh, and, uh, and it was just weird. And I would ask things. I, I don't ask anymore, but in those situations, you know, I, I just get tired of their food. I go, do you guys have any Chinese food? You know? And they'll go, say things like, oh, yes. Have y'all tried Panda Express? <laughs> and I would go with them. Okay, I have Panda Express here. I went there yesterday, not to eat, just for the illustration. I'm not going to eat it. 
and just look around the menu, and here's one of the things, uh, here's the thing I bought. It's called a cream cheese rangoon. Someone put cream cheese in the middle of a wrapper, deep fried it, and called it Chinese food. <laughs> I will pay you if you can find one person in China eating a cream cheese rangoon today. Okay? There, there's no such thing. That's so weird. Okay? It's, it's actually offensive. This offends me. That, don't call this Chinese food. We don't, even, we don't even use cream cheese. We're lactose intolerant. It's just, just like, why would you make this and call it Chinese food? Okay? So, so it's, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. It, it would be wrong for someone to taste this and decide based upon this, ooh, I don't like Chinese food. Right? In the same way, in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 20, Paul says, it is not the Lord's Supper that you partake. He goes, when you guys get together, I know there's bread there, I know there's a cup there, but don't call that the Lord's Supper. That's some sort of cheap imitation, weird thing you're doing where, where you guys who are rich are eating all this good food and you're even getting drunk. Meanwhile, you've got guys that are starving. They're so hungry, so in need, and they have nothing to share with them. But then afterwards, you break a piece of bread and go, Lord's Supper. And Paul says, do not call that the Lord's Supper. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. Something that has been bothering me, and I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't put words to it, but like for the last 20 years, I see people after high school, maybe in high school, but mainly in university, they walk away from God. They walk away from the church. They walk away from Christianity. And they say, I tried the church, and there was nothing there. I tried Christianity. I tried organized religion. I'm not a Christian anymore. There was a slow movement towards that, and there were some people that say, well, no, I love Jesus, I just hate the church. And we can go on and on biblically about how that does not make any sense on earth. But that's not for today. But people start doing that. Then pretty soon it was like, you know what? I tried the church. I don't believe in it anymore. And I'm going, did you really try the church? Did you try the real? Did, did you try the Acts 2 church? Okay, because here's, here's church. Okay, maybe you tried going to a service somewhere, listening to a sermon and singing some songs. But don't call that church. There might be some ingredient of that, but that's not church. You went to these services, you listened to a message. Great, I'm not against that. I've done that. I lead that. But to say that that is church... 
No, when I, when I think of church, I look at Acts 2, verse 42, when the church started, and it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So you tried that? Is that what you tasted that you walked away from? Oh, I remember church. You know, but now I, I talk to my professor and, and, and now suddenly I don't believe it anymore. But I remember, yeah, when I was young, I was with a group of people that none of them considered their own possessions their own. And they're always looking at, at who was in need, who was in need. Let me give it to them. They really didn't feel like they owned anything, they just gave to one another. And I remember being a part of this group where everyone felt a sense of awe. We were so unified, and we were going house to house, breaking bread at each other's homes, eating meals together in the presence of Christ. And many signs and wonders were being done through the leadership. It was blowing. You tasted that? See, this is what's killing me, is I feel like many people are walking away from this. I'll walk away from this. I don't, want to, I don't want anything to do with this. But I look at Acts 2 and I go, you know what? I want the real thing. I love real Chinese food. But here's the problem. Some people prefer this over real Chinese food. My wife is one of them. I mean, I was kidding, honey. I'm not kidding, but I still love you. It's just this is one of your faults. I, okay, all right. Um, now, let's, let's pray that God breaks that chain over her right now of Panda Express over real Chinese food. But it's, it's a perfect picture. There are people who say, well, I don't want to know people that well. I don't want to be perfectly one with a group of people and share my stuff. I actually want the substitution. I want the imitation. I want to have control of how much privacy I have, how close I get to people, how much of my money I give away. I don't want to be one with a group of people. Just give me the imitation. I was actually happy with that. And I'm just saying, I'm way too old for that anymore. All my life, I've wanted to be a part of something like this. Sometimes I didn't even know it. I just knew something was missing. And every time I'd read the book of Acts, I'd go, oh, I wish I lived back then. Oh, I'd love to be a group 
with a group like that. And it's not, it's not easy as we've been pursuing it more and more. You see how difficult it is because of the way we think and the individualism. And we were all trained to look out for ourselves. Make sure you can take care of yourself. Buy some life insurance for you and your family. So at least you are taken care of. And some don't even go to the point where they care about their own family. So we live in that world. And so this is a jump where it's like suddenly Jose and I are brothers. And it's like, man, whatever's mine's yours. Do I want to get that close? And sometimes those who are younger, I don't mean to pick on those of you who are younger, you'll look at that and go, yeah, why don't we live that way? And I just want you to think, it's a little easier for you guys to share your possessions. Because <laughs> you don't have much, okay? And it's like, okay, I'll let LeBron play on my basketball team. It's just one of those things where... <laughs> You have to understand, it's like, oh, wow, I'm jumping into this. And others of you that maybe you've done well in life and you've worked hard for that. And you're going, wow, I'm going to share that. I'm going to care for others in that way. I'm not saying this is easy. I'm just saying I am so tired of people walking away and saying, I tried the church. And I just want to scream, no, you haven't. I'm not even sure if I have. But what if everything changed right now? You guys, I, I believe, I, I, I really believe I was created by God for a purpose. And that he knew I was going to be alive in this season. And he knew I was going to be with you. And I was going to be with you and I was going to be with all of you guys. We were all going to be together in this room right now. In the middle of COVID or the tail end or whatever, or in the beginning of another variant or whatever, wherever we are, he just knew right now, right now. And there was a reason for all of this. And he put us all as members of one body and that I need you. I need you because I don't come to the table by myself. I need to be unified with a group of people. And God blesses that unity. And if there's disunity, he goes, stop calling that the Lord's Supper. Because we're participating, we who are many are participating in one bread. And one cup, we're all coming together and it's like that's where God is going to command his blessing. But if you continue on with your belief system that whatever you think is true, it's just going to lead to a sad, sad life. Meanwhile, I'm excited about this next season. I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about pursuing the real thing. And. Some of you are going to have 
new churches next week where you're gathering with some people that you don't really know. And you'll be tempted to just think about yourself and go, well, I didn't want to be in that group. I didn't, rather than looking and loving and saying, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to go in and love these people. I'm going to be praying all week that God puts me in the right place, the right group, and that he's going to give me some gifts, some supernatural gifts to bless other people with. And I'm going to pray that we become perfectly one that he calls us to. And that every week we get closer and closer, even when we see each other's faults, even when we see personalities that we don't like, even when we see, you know, different traits and quirks and different people that we don't really enjoy. God, I want to be a part of this. I want the real thing. I don't know what's been going on in me the last few months, but I, I feel like the faith is starting to go through the roof again, where I'm just believing and demanding, like I'm not eating the imitation anymore. If people taste the real thing and walk away, that's one thing. But I'm just tired of people tasting a cheap imitation and calling it church, calling it Christianity because they prayed some prayer and go, ah, it didn't work. I want the real thing. And I think many of us do. And that's why God put us together. And we're going to pursue that. And so even right now, as we come to the Lord's table, you guys, I'm telling you, everything I read in this book, everything the elders and I have been talking about, Everything I'm reading about in the early church was this was supposed to be the center. It was never supposed to be about a person other than Jesus. And that there was something powerful. That he says, this is how you proclaim my death until I return. Doesn't mean I don't preach the gospel. But there's some sort of screaming out of the gospel when I take a piece of bread and I ask God to bless it from heaven. And there's, there's something about the moment when I break the bread, the body of Christ. Just like when Jesus broke the bread in Luke 24, suddenly people's eyes were opened. Those strangers that heard him preaching, heard him teaching, and there was something burning in, inside of them. They knew, but it was when the bread was broken, they go, it's Jesus. That's Jesus. And then he disappears. There's something about the presence of Christ when we come in unity and break the bread. It's a proclamation of his death until he returns. There's something about reminding you that this cup is the new covenant in his blood. And commanding you all to say, all of you, drink of it. And as I bless this cup, 
and say, God in heaven, would you, you hear me because of the body and blood of Christ. You hear me. And so me, just another broken human being, I'm coming before God and going, God, this is holy. This is sacred. Would you bless this bread and bless this cup and bless this body that I recognize this is the body of Christ. And I'm not better than any of you. I need you. And somehow together, we can experience something here. So again, the warning, examine yourself. Because anyone who eats in an eats or drinks in an unworthy manner is guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. You ought to examine yourself before you eat of the bread or drink of the cup. Because anyone who eats without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. 1 Corinthians 11, 27 to 30. It's the word of God. And so we examine and we go, God, do I treat this as a holy time? Do I recognize your body? And then we look around the room. We look at the believers in other denominations that have given their lives to Jesus and follow him as their Lord. We go, okay, do I believe they're part of the same body? Do I treat them as sacred? I was talking to one of my, or I was listening to one of my friends teaching, and he says, you know, I think about the believers who attack me the most during communion. And I just, each time I go through their names and pray a blessing on their life because I don't want to not recognize them as a part of the body of Christ. And there's such a serious warning about that. So, Holy Father, Almighty God, Creator, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, I ask that you would bless this bread from heaven God, I don't even know what I'm asking for. I'm just asking in faith. God, that you would set apart this cup and make it holy. We're trying to obey the best we can and honor the body and blood of Christ because he's everything to us. We don't ever want this table to get old to us, Lord. We want to be more excited, even if we take of this every day, because we don't ever want to be outside of the presence of Christ. We always want more of him.
this is his body broken for us. And this is the cup of the New Testament, the new covenant in his blood. So if you would like to participate with us, again, if you're visiting, please don't participate. If you don't trust Jesus as a Lord and Savior of your life, if you don't want to be a part of the body, don't take of this. But it's great that you're here because you're the exact person that is supposed to be observing this. This is how we proclaim his death until he returns. So just watch and see if God doesn't open your eyes during this time. But for the rest of us who are believers and say we want to become one, perfectly one like Christ called us to, then you can take of the elements. There's some up on the stage. Or if you uh, want to, you can take of this bread and dip it in the cup. And then we'll just wait for one another until everyone has the elements that wants to partake. And then we'll take of it together. So we come, we come in reverence because this is sacred what we're about to do. We come with expectation because this is a very intimate thing we do, being one with Christ. And we come in unity because we are the body of Christ and he wants to see his family together as one coming before his body and blood. So brothers and sisters, let's take and eat. you drink of it. Jesus, thank you for bringing your body together at your table today. We love being at your table. We love sitting at your table together with your family here. And we think of our brothers and sisters that are suffering in so many places around the world, Lord. Show us what we can do, Lord, to serve them, to just help alleviate some of the pain, to encourage them. God, even our prayers right now for them. 
that they would have the blessing of finding a piece of bread and sharing it with other believers, that they find some sort of cup to share, to remember your blood, that your presence would be with them in Myanmar, China, Afghanistan, Mexico, God, so many places in the world with so much suffering. Help us remember them as our true brothers and sisters and members of our body. We thank you for the saints who have gone before us, all the believers who know you and their souls are with you now because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we're joining with them and everyone in heaven just all focused on one person. Our coming judge, our savior, the Lord, our great King Jesus. One day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to your glory, Father. We praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. We will see you next week with a new episode, but until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org. Thanks.